time we only say uh, refugees are people like you and like me but we normally forget that refugees are not only people who are like you like me refugees are you and me everyone, my name is Anusha, and today I am sitting here with Henry. He is a refugee Congress delegate for Washington State for the Refugee Congress. Henry, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thank you very much, Anusha, for having me today. As I mentioned in our conversation before the recording, um, our season theme is the whole story. Any of our interviewees will have the freedom to kind of customize their interview and uh, tell their story in a way that expresses any information they would like to relay to our listeners specifically. So my first question for you is, what would you like to share about your personal story and background with our listeners? Thank you very much again as to give to our listener the full of my name is Tishiko Henry. I go by Henry because it's simple for a lot of people to pronounce. Uh, yes, um, I'm originally from the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Uh, currently, I'm residing in Washington State's Seattle areas. I came in this country as a refugee in 2018 with my family through the journey that nobody wished to go through but it's uh, it's no longer my future you know it's it's now in the past so uh, we used our past to to shape our future so that's why i'm okay to talk about the past journey i went through as a refugee the life of refugee until i came myself to find in this myself in this country yes thank you so much for that my second question for you is, what are your personal interests and uh, extracurriculars that you take part in? Um, maybe personal interests that started from your childhood or something that you take part in now? Yeah, you know, uh, many child, many kids, they always follow the inspiration of their father. When you are, your father is a doctor, you feel like everybody in the family would love to be a doctor because, you know, that's the inspiration we get from our parents. So for me, I... I wanted to be a doctor in my life, but uh, uh, the, the, the way just changed and then I found myself into a refugee camps. Uh, my dream was somehow uh, um, changed. And then when I started living in the refugee camp, that's when I found a new passion. I found a new way of seeing things because while I was in my country, I never thought that one day I'd also be called a refugee. You know. It was something that I was just seeing on the on the TV to be called a refugee. You know, it was something that I was just seeing on the on the TV um, or listening to the radio to the postcard like this. So I never thought like one day I'll be part of this uh, of this uh, title called refugee. So by the time I found myself in a refugee camp, uh, the way I was received by people around me. And the way I, I live in the camp, it was by the support of other people. So from that time, that's the way my, my, my vision of seeing things changed. You know, uh, you, you might notice like in the past, many people believed like refugee is a matter of people of color and uh, black people. And uh, 
the, the way things were, were taken, it was when we say refugee, they will take a picture of a black guy, a person of color, and they're going to show that there. But when it's time to show progress, when it's time to show development, digital skills, they take a, a picture of a person with blue eyes, with, with white skin. So that's, that's the way people grow, that refugee was just an issue of people of color. But at least time has proved us wrong. We have also seen that refugees' life is not uh, an entitlement to only the way some people say an issue of third world country. It's not about that. It's something that can happen to anyone, to any country at any time. And uh, now we have seen and we have witnessed that uh, uh, it's not only about being from this particular country of this race or this particular race. It's something that can happen to anybody. And that's when people now can realize that if this happened to them, it's happened to me, it can happen to you tomorrow as well. So that's the way it's changed, it shaped my way of thinking as well. Because even when I was still in my home country, some people call it third world country. And yet, and today we have to tell people that it's not about the third world country. It's not about the underdeveloped country. It's, it's about anyone, it can happen to anywhere. Um, so from there, that's when I changed my vision to, to now be the voice of the voiceless as well as to, to change the narrative. You know, always the narrative is toward refugees as a burden. Um, people know when you tell somebody, uh, just, just tell a person a refugee, what, what is their first thing? What is, what is their first thought? They see, oh, this person ran away from conflict. Oh, this person has no food. Uh, this person maybe uh, is not educated. So, and especially if some of them want to associate that with race, they will always qualify you in a different ways. But that's only the way the name refugees was associated only to negative connotation. Unfortunately, that is used much by, I can say also nonprofit that are trying to help refugees. Uh, they are trying to bring a, a sense of agency so that people can donate, uh, maybe something so that they can help the refugee in return, which I can say, it's not only the story that we should provide, we should bring to people, only the negative story. Somebody donate money, they can't just donate because they hear a situation which is uh, heartbreaking, for example. Sometimes they have to also bring positive stories that some people can also donate just by listening to a positive story of an immigrant, a positive story of a refugee, and that we can change the narrative. And that's my mission is also to bring awareness into people that refugees are not burdened. They are not burdened. Refugees is also defined in so many ways. And most one day somebody asked me, how can you define a refugee? I say a refugee is a peace seeker because Refugee don't just say, I'm coming to America. No, they don't just say, I'm coming to, to France, to Europe, mostly the way we, it's known that those are the countries that are able. Those are the countries that have everything. The rest of the countries, they are going there to find, to eat, to get jobs. Uh, no, 
if they don't find safety, even in America or in any country, they will leave. So what they are looking is not a place. They are looking for a, a place which has peace. So they keep looking for peace. They left probably their country because there was no peace. So they're looking for a place that is peace. So why can we just call them their peace seekers? Because that will also change the way people think that they're only people who comes here for food stamp. These are just people come here for medical. But these are people also comes here because they're looking for peace. And no one will live in their house. Even their house are so beautiful. If there's no peace, they will leave that house. People as refugees, we are looking for peace. And that's my main mission as well, to change that narrative of a refugee story is only one-sided story uh, that they are in need. Yes, they are in need for sure. They are in need. We need to help them. But for us to bring to bring also positive impression, good impression, is also to give the full story that when they are coming, we are coming with all of ourselves. We don't come only with negative. We come with all of us, included our spirit, positive and negative like any other person in any other country can have those positive and negative stories. Thank you so much for sharing that with our podcast and for our listeners to hear, uh, because that is something that's important for anybody uh, to recognize that there are stereotypes around refugees and they need to be overturned. So my next question for you is, I've been keeping up with your LinkedIn. I've also uh, seen your bio on the Refugee Congress website, and you are involved in a multitude of positions uh, and organizations. I didn't include those in the introduction uh, because I wanted to ask you directly, uh, what is your professional career now? Uh, What organizations are you involved in and what do you do on a daily basis? My professional career, you know, when we say professional, most of the time, think people refer that to what you went, you study at school. If I went, I studied law, I became a lawyer, and they say that's my profession. Uh, for me, I, there's no school to learn about, ref, to, I didn't go to any school to learn about refugee life, but I went through an experience, and life experience school. So. The life I passed through as an immigrant myself, you can see in my bio uh, that uh, when I was in the refugee camps, I started organizing uh, different activities for refugees and immigrants so that they can be able to, to, to raise their voice by themselves. As most of the time, refugees' voice are heard by a third person. An organization is speaking in behalf of a refugee. Uh, somebody is speaking in behalf of refugees. As a result, they also bring only one side story. So for me, when I was back in Africa, I wanted to to raise that awareness that we are also able to speak by ourselves. You know, we are also able to speak by ourselves. So that's why right now I'm much involved in advocacy. Um, I work with with a nonprofit organization uh, that is much involved with refugees and immigrants. I currently also am working on creating my not I can say my nonprofit, but because nonprofit is something that's beneficial to the community. I'm the founder. I created a nonprofit called Wide World for Refugees. Um, so I'm working into that so that maybe I can uplift refugees and immigrant artistic talent. 
uh, in the community. So I can say as of now, my profession is much focused in refugees advocacy. That may be what I can say as of now. Thank you for uh, telling us about your career and uh, what you do currently. Uh, it, it's incredibly powerful what you're doing. And thank you so much for your work. So my next question is, so a good number of our listeners are refugees or displaced persons themselves. I know that the Refugee Congress, they um, act nationally, but I know a lot of people may not be aware of their services. So I was wondering if you could tell us, what do you do as a representative at the Refugee Congress? Yeah, thank you very much for the question. Uh, Refugee Congress... um, is nonpartisan organization. Mostly we do about advocacy on national uh, as well as uh, local level. So we do about lobbying, uh, lobbying with representatives as well as um, teaching the community. So um, the community as well as direct support with refugees and immigrants as well, guiding them to where they can get resources um, most of the people they, in the country, but uh, they don't know where they can get appropriate resource on the issue affecting them. So personally, in my state, I'm more involved in uh, community awareness to raise awareness into our community on how they can open their doors to welcome refugees in their community and also to change the stories of refugees because many people are willing to help but they only have that fear because the media have portrayed a refugee as a danger to the community instead of bringing a positive. And by doing that, the community will be able to help more refugees because most of the time we only say uh, refugees are people like you and like me, but we normally forget that refugees are not only people who are like you, like me. Refugees are you and me. Because when you have to, to bring that thing of like, it's like already we are trying to say they are a different kind of person. And you are trying to make them look like us. Look like us. It's not us. So we have to, 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 to remove that comparison of like, they're just people like me and you. They are you and me because that thing can happen to you next time. These things can happen to, to anybody at any time. So it doesn't just because it happened to them, they they are becoming different from you and want to bring them like a kind of similarity. You know, it's like trying to compare a person and a chimpanzee. Like you know, a chimpanzee just look like a, like a human being. You know, <laughs> so we are refugees. We are people. It's just a situation that we went through that give us that connotation. So I'm much involved in the community of raising that awareness into the community to let them know that refugees, they went to a situation and that situation does not remain on them forever. You know, it doesn't remain on them forever. They went through war, but that war doesn't remain on them forever. It's not become a symbol of reference for them. It's just a part of life. It's like I was at uh, senior school, one day I went at university, one day I went at this. So consider me of what I am now, not only because of referring to me as a refugee always, because that was part of my story. I embrace that, I take that, but it's not what I am today. I'm moving forward. I'm climbing a rope of access to create a world of success. So we are not only stopping at one step. 
we are moving forward. We are moving with life in the direction that life takes us. We are always sticking to the positive and to the safety. And that's what we are, we are as refugees. We are looking into the positive of peace. That's where we go. So that's much I'm involved in the community as well, talking with leaders, as well as educating as well our own uh, fellow refugees, because we also have to educate ourselves on how, what contribution can we bring into the community? Because if the community is open their hand to welcome us, we should be the change we want to see. So we have to communicate to educate our own fellow refugees and immigrants on what is right and what is wrong and what can we adapt and what can we say yes and what can we say no. Because when we come in this country, we find one of the important things in America is like America is a multicultural community. Not only that, it accepts the value, the religion of everybody. But there is also that little pressure that when we come here as refugees, we have to embrace the American value. You know, we have to embrace everything. But we also have to educate our fellow refugees that what embrace me, do you have to 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 hand over whatever you believe in as your culture? Do you, have, do you have just to change because what is in America is always perfect? No, you know? So we have to say which one do we have to embrace? Which one do we have to keep? Which one do we have to compromise? So we have to educate our own community, our own fellow refugees on what to keep, what to not keep again, and what to com compromise. So that, you know, America is a country, most of the time I look at around me, I say, wow, this is great. But the great things always comes with education. You can agree with me that right now, America is built upon immigrants, you know. But if you look at the story of immigrants, most of the immigrants come from the country which has a conflict story. For instance, we can have a story of Ukraine and Russia those are the two countries in opposition, which makes sometimes the population become also enemies, you see. So if they become enemies, if we don't educate them, they can bring the enmity from their own country in this country, in America. So we have to create a space where we have to educate people to live in peaceful coexistence. So that's the part also we have just to, to focus that we left our home country probably because two country, neighboring country are fighting and we find ourselves in this country. If we continue with the same conflict, what will happen? It should be a war within. And that's not something that we have to, to wish. That's why we have to educate our own community as well as refugees. Not only that, because the door is open to us and we have to break the plates inside the house. <laughs> no, <laughs> America opened the doors to receive us. So we don't have to break to break everything in the house because we were told to come in. So we have to educate our fellow refugees as well. So that's the most part I do in my community is to teach both sides on what to, to on what can take us in a positive direction. Yes, thank you so much for sharing that. And I know that our listeners are going to benefit um, from number one, hearing your mission, but number two, hearing about the services of the Refugee Congress, because I first learned about Refugee Congress by doing a Google search um, specifically for refugee organizations, which um, a lot of people may not have access to at first. So um, thank you so much for sharing that information. 
So my next question to you, uh, I mentioned before, um, I've been keeping up with your LinkedIn and your posts, and you use your um, social media as a means of advocacy, uh, especially for issues that are maybe not often brought up in popular media. So uh, I was wondering, would you like to highlight a specific issue that may be impacting refugees today, um, either internationally or nationally in the U.S.? Yeah, uh, let me start with the on the our country, the United States. Uh, I think there is a lot that we are all witnessing on how there is kind of discriminatory way of supporting refugees and immigrants. Uh, when a person is in danger, we don't have to look how they, what is their color. We have seen that recently on the border, how the people, especially who look brown, black, how they were treated at the border. It doesn't mean they just left their country because of they want to come to America. You know, there is conflict, the same conflict happening in other country, but you have seen the way they were treated is completely different from the way other people, other immigrants or refugees from other countries where they were treated. We still see that, for example, um, some refugees in this country have been given special Peru status, where they have been special granted, special things, special things. Why should we have that discriminatory uh, way of giving support to people and these people have no support, but they are all running from the same situation. So that kind of discriminatory things, it's not only limiting in the United States at the United States border. We are seeing other things even in Europe, the way uh, right now we have the, conf the war between Russia and Ukraine. We are seeing other people of different colors, how they are being treated at the borders of countries surrounding Ukraine. That is not something that we should support. That is something that we should raise awareness that there's no way to treat people differently, and especially during war, like the one is happening right now in Ukraine. And uh, we have also seen special way of bringing people in the country, which have never happened to other immigrants from different countries, you see. For so long, we have seen that as well. So other people, when they are facing war, they are facing this. We, today we are having a war in Congo, for example, and, uh, and this neighboring country. We never see that action happening. And we don't see the, the politician condemning because, oh, that is happening in the third world country. We don't, we don't support, you know? So those are not something that we should support. And that's why we need equality in, in our decision-making. It should not be based on just because those are, they look like us. Like we have seen on the media, some people like say they have blue eyes like us, they are educated like us. So those things, they come from the people that they always preach uh, democracy, the people always preach uh, equity. And yet when it's time for them to act on that democracy, on time to act on that equity, we see a completely different message. So for me, I will really ask everybody in charge that we should not discriminate who has to come in our country, who has not have to come in our country, just based on how they, 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 they look, what the color of their skin. So I think that's something very important maybe that we, we have to raise.
Thank you for sharing that. And I definitely do agree that uh, that needs to be talked about more. We actually, uh, last year, we did uh, an episode talking about how racism impacts refugees and uh, how it's often not brought to um, popular media. So th thank you so much for sharing that. My next question for you is, so throughout this entire interview, you've mentioned a multitude of your initiatives, of your um, personal passion. How can our listeners and how can our podcasts support you and these initiatives, uh, whether it be um, a specific organization that you're involved in or maybe have founded or any personal effort of yours? I think first of all is I want my the listener to, to help us share this message to many people. The more it's reached to many people, the more impact it will be as well as to, to support any close by organization, any organization with the mission to support refugees and immigrants, please go ahead and support. And if you want to support my initiative as well, you can reach to Anusha and uh, I have my organization is called Wide World for Refugee. Um, but uh, for more details, you can reach out to Anusha. It's called Wide World for Refugee. The idea for me to come up with, with, with that is uh, because uh, we all have had a lot of names regarding to worldwide, 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 worldwide. We see that everywhere, but it's rare to see wide world because we want to reach everywhere, but we don't want to open everywhere. That's the message that's very important. People want to reach everywhere and yet they don't want to open everywhere. That's why we want to see how can we open the world of immigrant and refugee, where an immigrant has to feel free to move from one area to another without limits, you see. Today, we are also seeing refugees and immigrants in different camps. They are living in a world. They are living in a, in a box in a world. They're enclosed in a particular place. I live in a refugee camp myself. I was not allowed to leave that space. I have to ask for permission to leave that like one mile square. I have to ask for permission. How, how am I different from an animal because I'm living in an open space? I can't go. I'm not a prisoner, but I've been asked to not leave that place until I ask for permission. And sometimes you ask that permission, they don't give it to you. They say, go for two hours and come back. So are we living in a, in a worldwide when you don't have access to reach every place? That's why I create this organization. My vision is so huge, sometimes I even fail to explain that myself because I'm seeing a world where a refugee has to feel free to move from one location to another location without fear of torture or persecution. Uh, as well as I want to make sure that I promote uh, artistic talent for immigrants and refugees. Because through heart, we can heal ourselves. Through heart, we can create a peaceful coexistence between the countries or the community that we were enemy once one day and we find ourselves in this country. So if you want to support our organization, uh, the mission that I've started, it's not only me, I've come up with a group of refugees and immigrants because we want to share our own story. We want to write our own story 
so that people can hear from the beneficiary themselves. You know, we are the beneficiaries of the support you give us. So you have to hear from us directly. So please, if you want to support my nonprofit organization, it's already a 5 on C3 status, uh, reach out. You can find us on Google Wide World for Refugee. Um, or I can also send that uh, link uh, details that maybe you can also make it pro properly on how people can reach out to, to us. You can reach, you can also donate to any nonprofit organization in our names. That's very important. Any organization that you can donate for that will help refugees and immigrants is most welcome because whenever they help one, we all benefit from that. If you need our to support us directly, please reach out to, to us. You can come to volunteer. We are looking for volunteers as, as well, especially uh, students um, who are willing to join our mission uh, or voluntary work to be remotely. We want to change the narrative. Uh, we are going to have session of training to teach the student as well to know what we went through, to respond to questions. So if they have any, we have volunteer opportunity, it's very good for them to volunteer as well as to know. And we're also looking for people who'd love to join as a board, the board of directors. We have skills like in marketing, uh, grant writing. We want those people, they can also come and, uh, and support us. We want to reach a larger uh, audience. So anyone is more than welcome through our website. They can submit the application. They can say reference to, to this postcard and to be more than happy to reach out to them. Thank you so much. Um, and then my last question for you is, uh, would you like to add anything else in this interview that I may not have asked you or you may not have had um, the chance to cover yet? I really appreciate um, the consideration and I will just ask you to reach out to more refugees and immigrants because we, we are every, beyond every refugee, there is a story. And uh, there's not only the story of running, there is also the story of survival. Uh, there's the story of living all what you have, sometimes to embrace nothing. When we left, sometimes we have a cause of the cries that, we're running and sometimes the sound of guns, bombs, and sometimes the, the, the sounds of the family member being killed. And those memories still remain in us. Sometimes every refugee's story is, is a story to tell. We need to tell those stories to everyone too, to really know that we are survivors. That's why I wrote one of my story from desert to the forest. I explain how I survived living in the desert uh, for about 10, 10 years. So uh, it's just a way to say I live in a situation where it's not normal for a person to live, but yet we survived. So beyond every refugee stories, there is, there is memories that is irreplaceable. We don't forget those memories. Sometimes we have been uprooted from uh, our roots. You no, know, sometimes one day when I was in my plane leaving uh, where I was as a refugee, 
I thought like America is just like two minutes there. I didn't know that it's like 24 hours flight, you know. <laughs> and then the more I was flying, the more I was like, oh my God, I'm being uprooted from the root and being planted in a place where you don't know who is going to be your neighbor, who is going to be your brother. You have no idea of where you're going. And the expectation to you is just so, so great. And then uh, you reach here, you find uh, the dream that they were, to were telling you is completely that it's not that you're going to find the dream. In America, you don't find the dream. You have to create the dream. So we have to start creating that dream that they were telling us that America is a land of opportunities, a land of, land of dreamers. But it's not only the land of dreamer. You have to create your own dream. So thank you very much for inviting us. I really appreciate uh, reaching out to me. Uh, beyond me, there is millions of refugees that you have reached um, to have in this world today, people like you who volunteer their own time to spread the message. It's, it's very important. It's, it's very important uh, because many people are busy on their own lives, but you, you have decided to to look at those who have been forgotten, refugees who have been forgotten, but you have tried to bring us on the map as well, to bring us on the Spotify. One day I follow, I didn't know, I just have my name on Google. I find one of my interview on Spotify. I was like, wow, that's good. I'm also on Spotify. <laughs> I couldn't make it without people like you. And many refugees like me couldn't make it without people like you. So for my listener, please support these people, support this podcast, because they really bring things that is original. Because most of the time that we hear on the media, they are edited stories. They are stories that align with those media's uh, mission. And the missions of the media is to make money, to make profit. But listening to this postcard, they are directly, their story are coming directly from the people you help, the people you donate money for. We are the people. So listening directly to these stories are the true stories because they are unfiltered. They are true and origin. Uh, thank you very much for having me and I wish you all the best and keep up the good work that you're doing in the community. My regard to the, uh, South Carolina University, I greet them and I wish them all the best. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for uh, donating your time and uh, interviewing with us. We really appreciate it. That was Anusha Ghosh speaking with Shishiku Henry, a Refugee Congress delegate for Washington State and CEO and founder of the nonprofit Wide World for Refugee. They discuss the current narratives of refugees in the media, the role of race and refugeeism, the duties of the Refugee Congress, and more. If you liked this episode, be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review us in the comments below. If you'd like to get in touch with us or Mr. Henry, email us at seekingrefugepodcast at gmail.com or at our University of South Carolina email address, SOS. RPA at mailbox.sc.edu. You can find us on social media at Refuge Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook.
This show is produced by undergraduate students at the University of South Carolina. Your host for this week was Anusha Ghosh. This episode was edited by Shireen Kaur and produced by Diana Clark. Our executive producers are Isha Hegde and Jackie Burnett. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.